0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapters 11 and 12. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: This particular Herod, at this time, is Herod Agrippa I. He is the grandson of Herod the Great. This Herod was the favorite of Roman emperors, and he wanted to please Rome. This Herod also was half Jewish, and he wanted to please the Jews. And so he began to persecute the church, and he killed James, the brother of John. And being the political guy that he was, he realized that the people liked it when he killed Christians, and so he took Peter as well and sought to kill Peter By, first of all, putting him in prison. James, you know, perhaps, do you know, James is one of the, what I call the dynamic trio. Remember, Peter, James, and John spent a lot of time with Jesus. Peter, James, and John were considered the inner circle. They went everywhere with Jesus. You might remember when Jesus called Peter, James, and John, they were Fishing business partners. We find that in Luke chapter 5, verse 10. When Jesus raised a little girl from the dead, three guys saw the miracle. Don't you remember who were those three guys? Peter, James, and John. Jesus went up on the Mount of Transfiguration and three guys saw the glory of the Lord. Who were they? Peter, James, and John. Jesus went off to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. And three disciples were with him. Who were they? You guessed it, Peter, James, and John. These guys hung out with Jesus and they went everywhere with Jesus. They were a pillar and the foundational stones of the church. So I tell you that to tell you this. When James was dead, when James was killed, this obviously hit the church hard. Tradition tells us that James was beheaded. James was an influential piece in the church. And yet he was a young guy. And yet he was just starting his ministry. Don't you ever wonder why the good die young? Well, somebody wrote the song. Only the good die young or something. And 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 it's true. I mean, it seems. That, that, that people used in ministry, powerfully used of God. Do you ever know somebody like that? It seems like in their life they were being used of God, and all of a sudden their lives were cut short, and you go, why, God? Why does it seem like the righteous suffer? Why does it seem like the good die young? You ever wonder why? What does the Bible have to say about the good dying young and the righteous suffering? The Bible says that God is God. Do we know why? No, we don't know why. God is God. And what we have to do is we have to trust God. And another thing we have to do is we have to make good use of the days that we do have. Amen, saints? We need to make good use of the time that God has given us. I love Proverbs 39, verse 4. It says, Lord, make me to know my end and the measure of my days. What is it that I might know how frail I am? And then in Psalm 90, verse 12. Do I have that verse, Psalm 90, verse 12? Look at that. Saints, why don't you read that with me? So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. And the thing that we have to do is we have to take the time that God has given us and say, Lord, teach me to number my days. You know, if you were to paraphrase that verse, it might sound something like this. Lord, we don't know how long we got, but help us to be wise stewards over the time we got. Lord, help us to measure our days and not our years. I don't care how young you are and I don't care how old you are. You got to understand something. Death is a sign to every man. Statistics prove. 100 out of every 100 people will die. Amen. Everybody's going to die someday. The thing that we have to be mindful of is Lord, teach me to number my days. That's why you need to live your life with Jesus every single day. You wake up in the morning, Lord, I want to serve you today. You go to bed, Lord, thank you for letting me serve you today. Lord, teach us to number our days. And we don't do that enough. I didn't think i get too many amens there. We don't do that enough. We don't, Lord, teach me to number my days. We wake up like, oh, big deal. Don't you know it's a blessing to wake up in the morning? It's a blessing to wake up in the morning. Because some folks didn't wake up today. Some people didn't wake up today. So Lord, teach me to number my days. Well, at this time, things are looking pretty bleak for the church. Right now, James is dead. Peter's in prison. Herod is persecuting the church. So when Peter was arrested, he put Peter in custody... And, and, and he put four sets of four Roman guards on Peter. In other words, get this, he put 16 guards on Peter to watch him. Why? Because I think that they knew from, Rome, uh, uh, from Acts chapter 5, the last time they put two guards on Peter, they couldn't keep up with him. <laughs> Peter was a slippery character. And next time they find Peter, he's back in the temple preaching. So they they feel like, you know, I mean, don't you find it interesting, 16 guards on one guy? That's because they know we got to keep a close eye. We need, you know, I mean, 16 times two is what, 32? We need 32 eyes on this guy. And because you never know, 16 times two is 32, right? (laughs) What, y'all don't know either? Uh, Peters is a slippery guy. And I gotta wonder this. Check it out. I gotta wonder. Don't you remember in John chapter 21 when when Jesus said to Peter, Jesus said in John 21, Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and you walked where you wished, Peter. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and take you where you don't want to go, Peter. And this Jesus spoke signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to Peter, follow me. I wonder if as they took Peter he stretched out his hands and they put him in handcuffs and they took him to prison. I wonder if Peter was walking thinking, yeah, Jesus told me about this. He said someday they're going to come and take me to a place that I, I don't want to go. Just wonder. Well, look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. If you're there, say amen. 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 Peter was therefore kept in prison. But constant prayer, underline that, was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off of his hands. And then the angel in verse 8 said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did, and he said to him, Put on your garment or put on your coat and follow me. So he went out in verse nine and followed him, and did not know that what was done by the angel was real. But he thought it was he was seeing a vision. And when they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gates that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. You know that's like at the mall. <laughs> and you got like the sliding glass doors when you walk up and the doors just kind They got that from the Bible. There's nothing new under the sun. That's the word, okay? They got that. Somebody said, oh, open up his own accord. Well, let's have sliding glass doors. So they went. They went out. They went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from them. And when Peter, in verse 11, had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has plucked me out of his hand, Herod's hand, or delivered me from the hand of Herod, and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Stop right there. Peter is in prison, but the Bible says constant prayer was being offered to God for him. Prayer was made without ceasing for Peter. Now, we have talked about prayer here at the church, in many different teachings. I won't take the time to cover it this morning. I do want to read you a few verses. First John chapter 5, verse 14 through 15. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. John chapter 15, verse 7, if you're taking notes, if you abide in me and my words in you, You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. John chapter 14, verse 13 and 14. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Here's why. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Saints, listen close. It is important to understand that God is not Santa. <laughs> Making a list, checking it twice, going to find out who's naughty and nice. Look, God is not Santa. The Bible says that God will answer our prayers according to his will and he will give us the desires of our hearts because we are asking according to his will. And we are asking for that thing that would glorify God. There's so much teaching today, and I don't have time to go into it. I want to, but I don't have time to. All this talk about increase. There's so much, you know, there's buzzwords that go around in the church. Have you noticed this? There are buzzwords that go around, phrases, And there's a lot of talk in the church today about Increase. There is a lot of talk today in the church about you getting what you want from God. You tell God what you want. I heard a guy just the other day. I couldn't believe it, I was lost my mind. I'd have pulled out my hair if I had some. <laughs> this guy said, I kid you not. He said that we, we shouldn't pray, thy will be done. Because when you pray, thy will be done, that's sin. That's not a faith. What? I'm looking at this guy. Oh! I want to throw stuff at the TV. I can't believe you're a heretic saying that. People are going, oh, yeah, amen, the whole church. I mean, there's thousands of people here. Yes, amen, amen. The Bible, listen. Jesus prayed, Father, not my will, but what saints? If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. And it should be good enough for you. We want God's will to be done. When you pray and you say, God, I'm asking this as long as it glorifies the Father, then God will do it. Look, praying for a pink polka dot Cadillac, how does that glorify God? As a matter of fact, that's just ugly. I mean, if you have one, I'm sorry. See, we are to pray and ask a God is not the cosmic bellhop waiting to serve you. He's God. We are his children. Should we be afraid to ask of him? No, don't ever be afraid to ask. If you really want a pink polka dot Cadillac, okay, fine, ask. It's weird, but ask. <laughs> don't be afraid to ask. My children are not afraid to ask. I ain't afraid to tell him no either. (laughs) Dad, can I have some money? Oh, you know the answer to that. (laughs) One of my kids, and he says to me, he says, Pops, you love to say no, don't you? I said, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I do. Don't be afraid to ask, but God is God. Amen, saints? And God will always do what god says he will do and he'll always bless you so they're praying for peter on the last day of passover notice in our text when herod would have brought him forth did you notice this when herod would have brought him forth verse six peter was sleeping i find that interesting peter loves to sleep you study the scriptures you see it is an interesting study peter he's like always sleeping whenever something important is going on peter is sleeping And he's probably the only Christian in Jerusalem sleeping this night. I mean, the others were probably at this prayer meeting here. Peter is sleeping. So while he is sleeping, an angel shows up in prison and struck Peter probably on the side of the head. (laughs) And he says, arise, get up quick. Don't you hate it when somebody wake you up like suddenly like that? Somebody wakes you up like, don't do that. Scared me. And it's interesting because when you look in the scriptures and you see do a study of angels angels are always in a hurry. It is, it's it's really quick. I mean, it's really interesting. The angels are always in a hurry. So this angel, he, Peter's like knocked out and this angel, you know, he, he says, arise quickly. And the chains fell off of his hand. Then the angel said, get up. Notice the detail, get up, get dressed. Tie up your sandals and put on your coat. And while Peter is doing that, the angel says, the Bible says that Peter doesn't really know what's going on. He doesn't know whether it's real or whether it's a vision or what's going on in verse 12. So when he had considered this in verse 12, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda, came to answer. And when she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, you know, the Bible is hilarious. Look at this. When she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, she didn't open the door, but she ran in and she announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you are beside yourself. You're out of your mind. And yet notice this. She kept insisting. You guys get the scene here. Peter's knocking on the door. Rhoda comes to the door. Now, mind you, they have been praying for Peter to be released. Peter is released from prison. Are you with me now? Peter is released from prison. And Rhoda comes to the door, and she's happy that it's Peter. She shuts the door. She doesn't even let the man in. She shuts the door. She goes back in. She goes, guys, you will never believe this. You will not believe this. We've been praying for Peter to be released, and God has answered our prayers. And the prayer meeting, people say, no way. There's no way in the world God answered our prayers. No, there's no way. That couldn't be Peter. And they're, and they're going back and forth. She's going, yes, he is. He's right out there. Now, I'm like, Rhoda, go let the man in. But she go, No, he's not out there. They're going, no, he isn't. Yes, he is. No, he isn't. Yes, he is. Meanwhile, Peter is standing on the other side of the door, and he's probably looking around for the Roman guards. He's probably like, come on, will somebody open the door? Open the door. <laughs> Well oh, they just insisted that it, that it couldn't be. And so they said in verse 15, that it is his angel. No expectation and confidence in prayer here, people. Okay. So notice in verse 16, Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door and they saw him, they were shocked. But motioning to them, Peter's going, shh, shh, quiet. With his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, go and tell these things to James and go to the brethren. And he departed and he went to another place. Then, as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. I guess not. They have been to get killed. But when Herod heard, had searched for him... And not found him, he examined the guards and he commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and he stayed there. Now, in verse 20, Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. But they came to him with one accord and having made Blastus. Where does the Bible get some of these names? I mean, can you imagine like his parents just had him? They're like, you know, honey we got to come up with a name. Maybe we should name him Roger. Or maybe we should name him Shaquan. Or maybe Blastus. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> where did you get that name from? I mean, like, is that in the baby book of names or something? We are going to name him? Blastus. <laughs> okay. And having made Blastus the king's personal aid, Their friend, these guys from Tyre and Sidon, they asked for peace because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. And so on a set day, Herod, note this, saints, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not of man, the voice of a God and not of man. And then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God, and he was eaten by worms and died. Yuck. But in verse 24, what does it say, saints? The word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas in verse 25 and Saul returned from Jerusalem, when they had fulfilled their ministry and they also took with them John whose surname was Mark. Now stop right there. Give me your attention. The next day in verse 20, there was a big commotion about Peter because they couldn't find him. And, and Herod had a thorough search done for Peter, questioned the guards, and then he had them put to death and he went to Caesarea. Now listen closely. While he was in Caesarea... He has a dispute with those of Tyre and Sidon, and this was an area that he ruled over. And Blastus used his pull to get these guys to see Herod. And on a particular day, Herod was dressed up in royal apparel, and the people began to shout, this is the voice of God. Now, the people are probably just trying to butter up Herod, because remember, there's a famine in the land, and they want to get food. And so they're saying the voice of God, the voice of God. And they began to shout and the angel of the Lord killed him. Why? Because he did not give glory to God and he was eaten of worms and he died. Listen, as you study the scriptures and you study church history, many people who have come against the church were eaten with worms. Many. It's interesting. I know it's yucky, but it's interesting there's a guy by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes who poured pig's blood on the altar in the temple and he killed many Jewish men and women. And they fry, he fried these, these Jewish men and women in this big frying pan, history tells us. And the Bible says, and history says, that he was eaten of worms. There's a guy, Herod the Great, who killed the babies in Bethlehem. Perhaps you remember, he was eaten of worms. There's a, a, a queen of Cyrene, Thyatima. And she was a terrible persecutor of the church. And she was eaten with worms. Hermanius, governor of Rome, persecuted the church, eaten with worms. Galerius, a Roman emperor who persecuted the church, he was eaten of worms. Philip II of Spain persecuted the church. You guessed it, he was eaten with worms. Listen, those who persecute God's people, it's very interesting to see God judges those people. God has his payday. God will judge them. And listen, the whole concept of eating with worms does not stop there. Turn, and I'm going to close right here. Turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 9. Turn there. I want you to see something that's pretty interesting to me, but perhaps to you as well. Look at Mark. Matthew, Mark chapter 9. Turn to chapter 9. I want you to see something here. Because Jesus is talking about hell. Here in Mark... Chapter nine. It's the place where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Look at look at Mark chapter nine, and and, and I, I gotta read. Uh, look at uh, look at verse uh, look at verse forty three, Mark chapter nine, verse forty three. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched. And notice in verse forty four where. Their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Saints, look at this. This is interesting. You see that? Where there. It's not talking about there like in hell, there. It's talking about there, T H E I R, like in the persons worm does not die. Even Jesus himself talks about this yucky subject. Of people who are eaten with worms. And it doesn't stop. It goes on into eternity. For those who would oppose God. And for those who would come against the church. And that's why Jesus said upon this rock I shall build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. And anyone who comes against his church will have him to deal with. Interesting. And so it's also interesting that the chapter of Acts began with Herod on the throne, James beheaded, and Peter in jail. And it ends with James in heaven. And Peter's released, and Herod will be eaten by worms. The first 23 verses were on persecution. The last two verses we see the progress of the church despite the persecution. Remember we talked about this on Wednesday night, affliction. And persecution bring growth. Affliction and persecution won't hinder the believer. It will cause them to grow. Remember we said that in the book of Exodus we've been talking about? They afflicted God's people, but God's people grew, and they multiplied. Why? Because they were God's people. Because God loves his people. God loves you. God loves me. And always take care of us, even in our affliction. And so you're here this morning, you're going through something, God's going to take care of you because God loves you. And the affliction and the persecution is only there to cause you to grow. Amen, saints?
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina.